Hi, this is Regeline Sabat, also known as Gigi. You're listening to Walk With Me Podcast. My guest today is Daniela Lasio. Daniela Lasio is an entrepreneur, investor, corporate lawyer, business consultant, and creator of the How Not To Get Screwed By Your Lawyer workshop designed to help business people better manage the relationship with their lawyer. Welcome to the show, Daniela. Well, thank you so much for having me, Gigi. You're welcome. It's an honor to have you here today. Now, why don't you start off by telling us about you and where you are from? Sure. I'm originally from Toronto, Canada. That's where I grew up and went to school and started practicing law. I worked for a big corporate law firm um, and we had an office in New York City. So in the beginning of 2005, I actually went to our New York City office, um, which was initially supposed to be for six months and then it was a year. And then I ended up finishing my career there and I was there until the end of 2012 when I moved to um, the Ozark Mountains um, and started my own business here, working uh, initially to uh, create health and wellness programs to help busy professionals um, who were also endurance athletes. I was a triathlete for many years as well. And um, yeah, I guess from that grew all kinds of new business skills um, outside of the traditional big corporate environment and uh, was able to um, just was able to really just uh, uh, do some things that I probably had not really expected um, in terms of online marketing and marketing again outside of that big corporate environment and really let me see sort of law from a different perspective um, seeing law from the perspective of a small business owner or entrepreneurs rather than sort of the bigger clientele that I had normally been working with. Um, I worked on large corporate transactions and um, and so it was very different. As, as we know, we change certain things and, and we get different perspectives on things. So that's kind of where the How Not to Get Screwed by Your Lawyer workshop came from after uh, doing some business consulting for different businesses. And I guess it's just been a thing that I've wanted to do for years and finally started to do this year. That is absolutely amazing. Now tell us more about what inspired you to become a lawyer. Oh gosh, probably, no one's asked me that for a long time. Honestly, probably watching Perry Mason. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I don't, I think we have this idea and this sort of mystique of, of law, at least from the TV perspective. And I, I liked the idea of sort of the intellectual side of things and, just, I don't know, uh, learning, um, being a lawyer is obviously, I think probably like most professions anyway, but definitely you have to be learning all the time. And that was something that um, appealed to me as well. And I just never, for whatever reason, I never saw myself working a nine to five job, even as a child. I, I don't even know where that came from, to be honest. I didn't have any family that was not sort of a more traditional nine to five type of um, role model. So for whatever reason, I just sort of headed into, into that profession. Um, and then of course you're in it and you realize, okay, the stuff on TV isn't exactly real. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And you're an incredible lawyer today. Tell us more about your experience as a corporate lawyer for 12 years and what in inspired you to actually start your own business. What was that aha moment for you? Well, I was lucky in that I, I when I did my law degree, I actually uh, did a combined law MBA. Uh, so I had some business experience. And in fact, I had worked in business for a couple of years before going to um, 
before uh, going back to law school. So, uh, you know, working as a, as a corporate lawyer was, was great in, in general, that you're working on really interesting deals and you're working with highly motivated people. And like I said before, you're always learning new things. Um, so that experience was fantastic. I also really enjoyed the business world. So I loved working, uh, you know, first in, on Bay Street in Canada and then on Wall Street um, opposite, you know, some of the biggest corporate law firms uh, in, in New York City. Um, excellent experience. But um, I, I think because I had sort of some business experience as well as that business education, I also always saw myself leaving law and being in the business world. Um, I wasn't sure what that was going to look like, but that's probably what uh, sort of led to that to that change. In addition to, I mean, I, there was an easy catalyst for me in the sense that I, I met my, my man, Dan, who, uh, who lives in Missouri, and we were coming down from the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro, actually, so we met in Africa. Um, and he was in Missouri. I was in New York. Um, I had been practicing for 12 years and thought, okay, it's time for a change because I think the longer things go, the harder it becomes in some ways. Right. Um, so I, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I look back on that experience and I think it's a, it's a fantastic career. Um, but it's not the only career and, I also, interestingly, um, realized just not that long ago that I've probably learned more in the last um, seven, seven-ish years that I've been working on my own business than all of my previous four degrees plus 12 years working in a traditional corporate environment taught me. And not to say that I did not learn a ton through all of that. Obviously, how could I have not have? But it's, as you know, um, and I think as any business owner would tell you, there is a ton of learning that goes into that. And it's it's very different than I think what many of us expect. I don't know. What, what would you say? I definitely agree with you on that, for sure. And thank yeah. you for sharing that with us. Now, tell us more about your book that you're working on. Well, okay, so I ran the first How Not to Get Screwed by Your Lawyer workshop earlier this year, and I thought this this kind of needs to be a book. In fact, I had met with a colleague of mine, a businesswoman, and um, I was telling her about the workshop, and she said, I think that needs to be her first book. And I said, you know, it's funny that you say that because I had started thinking the same thing. So I'm deep in editing it. It should not. I mean, I was. I'm. I. I am intending to get this done by uh, at least my part by the end of the year, which doesn't give me a whole lot more time. But I have been editing it for quite a few months and finished the initial draft quite a while ago. So it's almost there, and I'm excited to share it because this book is really about empowering the end user of legal services and not lawyers or sort of the system that seems to get in more empowered rather than the, you know, the regular person, just the average person. Um, and like I said, when I had left, you know, I left that big firm environment where I'm working with a particular type of clientele, you realize, but that's not, that's not the full picture of the legal world. And of course I knew that, but until you actually 
see it directly and you yourself, you know, I, I, I use legal services myself for different things that were outside of my scope of expertise, or uh, I've spoken with just dozens and dozens of probably hundreds at this point of entrepreneurs and business people. And even, and it's not that they're not sophisticated, it's that the system or just the justice system in general is kind of stacked against them. Um, and it and it's it's not really easy. So uh, you, whether somebody has used a lawyer endlessly, um, whether that person has used lawyers, I don't know, has hired ten or twenty lawyers, that person often still struggles with that relationship. Um, it doesn't feel in control of their legal matter. Doesn't feel like they are sort of on the same team. Sometimes they do, and sometimes it works out, but a lot of times it doesn't. And again, it doesn't have to do with, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that the person themselves are not a sophisticated player. It's just, it's just the nature of what legal practice has become. It's very complex. Um, and I think what happens, and, and just think of even you using a professional advisor of some kind where you don't have that expertise. You know, when we think about it, you hire a lawyer because you don't have the legal expertise. That's what you're hiring that lawyer for. But what happens when we do that a lot of times is we defer a little bit too much and we forget that we have skills and we have a part to play in that legal process. When you go to the doctor, for example, um, I know I obviously am deferring to my medical, <laughs> my <laughs> medical person. They tell me something it's like, okay, I, I may have a question about it. You ask your question, but there's just this natural thing that happens is that you're going to defer to that person with the expertise. Totally normal and appropriate because that's the person with the expertise that you need. Unfortunately, though, when it comes to legal matters, you need to be engaged in a way that I think a lot of people just forget or, or frankly, sometimes just want to ignore. And I get that as well, because usually if you're in a legal matter of some kind, it's challenging, right? You're not, um, I don't know, you're, you're, you're not, uh, it's a stressful situation, put it that way. And anything that can be done to ease that stress, and more importantly, create a more efficient relationship, I think, should be done. And that's really what I'm trying to um, teach people to do through this workshop and through the book. So Very that was inspiring. a bit long winded, but again, I think it's a, it's a, it's a hole in the justice system that we need to fill. And we need to, again, really focus on empowering the end user of legal services rather than lawyers and lawyers wallets. I love it. And thank you for reading <laughs> about that whole I look forward to reading your book I'm excited for you Congratulations! it'll be fun it'll be fun I'm trying to keep it as light as can be but of course it's you know um it's a challenge but yes ma'am I love as it as an That's author yourself what's that as an author yourself you know that it's uh there's a there's a lot that you want to pack into a book but you of course want to make it usable and also somewhat entertaining Yes, ma'am. I definitely see eye to eye with you on that. <laughs> Tell us more about your How Not to Be So Fat newsletter. <laughs> well, okay. So yes, um, as you can see, I like to be sort of direct. Um, I, you know, I think what that newsletter really comes down to again is empowering the individual, um, 
to really make better decisions because at the end of the day, what is more important than our health? It's we, we say it and we acknowledge it, but we don't really live it a lot of times. Um, whether people are, uh, you know, struggling um, with their weight or just health issues in general, it's there's a lot of complicated issues. But on the other hand, it's not so complicated. I think. Um, but it's also not about telling people what to do, what to eat and how much to exercise and all of that. It's really about getting our mindset in the right frame to make the changes that we wanna make. Um, when I was a lawyer, I was also, I mentioned um, training for triathlons. Um, I actually had taken a sabbatical in there and lived in Australia for six months. I was training for an Ironman because I thought, okay, if I train for this particular race, while I'm working as a lawyer, I'm going to kill myself. So I took a few months off and, and, um, and trained for this. But otherwise, I was, you know, working, whatever, I was working 80, 90, 100 hour weeks, um, and still in the gym five or six days a week, of course, I didn't sleep very much. I'm not saying that that's healthy. But it was about creating certain systems in my life that allowed me to do that. And no matter what someone is trying to do, whether they're just trying to lose five pounds or whether they're trying to lose 50 pounds, it's it's not about the the goal of, okay, I, I need to lose this weight. We always, we, we know it's really not the weight that's the issue. It's what what is what is preventing me from seeing myself as that person? And we resist this, right? We resist the sort of hokey stuff that we, you know, we, we think, oh, that's, yeah, whatever, all the mindset stuff, everyone talks about that. Well, that's ultimately what it is. Um, and so when I first uh, left law, I actually created an online program um, and I wanted to deliver it in this newsletter because my focus is, is helping people better manage these issues with a busy life. Like we all know, like people are busy and they've got enough stuff on their plates but why are we ignoring our health? Like that literally that is the most important thing. And yet it often sits on the back burner. So the newsletter was a, a way of taking all that information that I had, um, that I've created and studied and used myself for years um, and used with people and put it in a way, in again, in, in a venue that would make it super easy for people. So this is a, um, Something that I just recently started, uh, the November and December editions are um, free. I can provide those to people. Um, and it will be a paid newsletter as of January. Um, and the idea is you get one edition per month. It goes deep into a particular topic that really requires sort of your attention. But I mean, what is it? You know, you take 15, 20 minutes to read about it and think, think about it. And that's what the focus is for that month. Because what happens is starting, you know, I know this is what's going to happen. It happens every year. January comes. It's like people are like, okay, this is the year. I'm going to make these changes. I'm going to lose 20 pounds. I'm going to work out every day. And then literally by January 15th, like you're done. You're exhausted, right? Like people are finished. It's like, okay, whatever. I, you know, maybe next month I'll get back on track February. I'll get back on track next Monday. Like it's this constant cycle. We all see it. I've had gym memberships all over the world, literally, like in several different continents and different countries. And the same thing happens no matter where we are in the world. 
come January, the gyms are packed, maybe not now because of coronavirus, but otherwise, um, you know, you've got this intensity that we just lose steam on. And it's really depressing and it's really sad, but it does not need to be that way. So I kind of want people to think about health a very different way. It doesn't have recipes. There's not like, there's none of the usual stuff because that's not the stuff that ever makes the difference. It's hilarious in some ways because we say, why do we still, and I tell my clients, I've told them this all the time. I remind them, you have done way harder things than lose weight in your life. And that's very true. I believe that for every single person. And yet we get locked into, um, you know, just like these, these patterns and these habits and thinking that we're these rational people that make rational decisions. And that's just, that's just not, that's not human nature. Um, you've got to sort of get behind some things that say, okay, well, what is it about what I've been doing that hasn't really worked. And that does not just apply to health. It applies to whether we want to make changes in business or with our relationships. Um, and and sometimes some of us, we, we struggle in certain areas and not in others. So what I'm really trying to do again with the newsletter is just take the concepts that really relate to every important aspect of your life, filter it down into simple concepts um, that take some courage to sort of face up to, but you take that concept and you say, okay, you know what? I'm this month, I'm going to work on this particular thing, this one concept and see where it takes me, um, and approach health that way, which is again, very different than the usual recipes and workouts. And I mean, you can get all that stuff all day long. And yet we have a $15 billion a year health industry that is still seeing people sicker and fatter. Obviously something's not working. So that's right. Yeah, I, I see that. I see the health matters. It totally does. I love that. Yes, ma'am. Health matters. Amen. Yes. <laughs> Tell us more about the major challenge that you had to overcome in your life, Daniela. Uh, I think I've been lucky in that I, um, you know, I, I, well, I, I would say um, I think really just, um, I'm going to just share this on my, on my page here. Um, I, I think it was probably making the move to leave law, which is not necessarily, and I, and I'm going to keep it more surface level because it's not that, I mean, so, so someone says like, well, who cares? You're changing your career. You're changing your profession. Um, at the time, it was sort of a scare. It was a scary thing, right? Because you're you you've trained and you've worked so hard to get to this place. I was a partner at my firm, and you think, why don't I put my energy into continuing this career, this profession that I have worked for all of these years and worked very hard for? And at some point you sort of have to say, but like there's that little voice sort of saying, I think there's something else you should be doing. And it's not easy to see because a lot of times we say, yeah, but I don't know what that is. And we want an answer before we make a change. And I just don't think life generally works that way. Life's either going to hand you the <laughs> hand you a, a bigger question, not an answer. And then you're going to force yourself into something else 
or you just have to sort of face up to um, something that maybe seems a little bit more challenging. And people say, well, yeah, but what, you know, there's enough challenges in life and whatever. I, I just think it's up to us to sort of really understand what we are capable of. Um, and I know for a fact, had I stayed in my um, little legal world, I don't think I would have found that at all. Um, and it almost scares me to think about it, uh, it just because I, you know, I almost didn't really, I didn't make that change. And, and I think, wow, like I, as I said before, I, 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 it's absolutely the case that I've learned way more in the last seven years than I did in the previous 20 through like this wonderful education. I'm so fortunate that I had it and amazing experience with working with just very talented lawyers. And yet, even with all of that, sort of being out struggling on your own is way more educational than anything that I could have had, both personally and professionally. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think just sort of facing up to what I like to call, you know, learning your FU skills. People like to talk about having FU money. It's like, well, if I have your FU money, I can do whatever I want to whatever. And I'm like, I think it's way more important to think about your skills that you're developing as your FU skills. What does that mean? Well, it means like, what, what am I doing for myself, for my own growth and my development, my evolution as a human being to do the things that you want to do, um, to do the things that I want to do, to make the impact that I want to make, all of the various things. And those are very personal questions, very different for every single one of us, every, as, as different as we all are, Everyone has a different answer to those things, but I still think it's our responsibility to find that. And um, so for me, leaving what I knew, moving to a completely different place, I never, if, some, if you had said, you know, 10 years ago, could you see yourself living in Missouri? It's like, well, why would I go to, I, I've got no connection to Missouri. It's like picking a place and, um, you know, why would I do that? But circumstances happen, things happen, and then there's a path. And I guess it's up to us to sort of, to find that. So um, yeah, for, for me, it really was just about stepping out of what I knew and forging ahead and, and really just trying to believe in myself, believing in the process of I've got FU skills to learn so that I really can live the life that I wanna live. Um, and I would not trade that for anything, but it, it took, it took some work to fig to figure out how to make that change for sure. Very powerful. Do not let your circumstances define you or keep you down. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Now, what is your why sure. that keeps you going? That's a good question. I, um, and I know everyone likes to ask it, um, I really think uh, for me, it is about doing what I just said. Maybe I just answered it in some ways is um, I want to know what skills I can not only learn because learning is very safe for, for me. I love learning. So, and, and that's a dangerous place sometimes to be for any business person or entrepreneur, right? Because then you get stuck in, well, I gotta learn some more before I actually do the next thing. No, you just gotta do it. 
um, and learn as you're doing the thing <laughs> that you want to do. So for, for example, writing the book, I could have said, I mean, I could have easily put that off for another few years or something. But it's like, just write the damn book, right? You know how to write, write the book, you know, the material, put it down. It doesn't matter that you've never been an author um, or whatever. I don't know how you felt about writing your first book, but it's a little bit like, who am I to write a book? And then you think, well, who am I not to write a book? So um, yeah, I think the, the, the why is again, just putting together in a neat package, the skills that I can to just sort of get to the objectives that I have for, um, for myself. Um, and, and the easiest way that I can express that to people is yes, I'm, I'm, I've collected a series of FU skills that allow me to live the life that I, I want to live and do the work that I want to do, uh, which is a very powerful feeling um, to know that I don't have to rely on somebody else or another corporate entity or another person to provide a livelihood or to provide anything, really. Um, I can use the skills that I've developed over the last few years to go out and again, continue to learn and build on them, but um, do it that way rather than, again, relying on other on other people. It's very powerful. Now tell us more about what gives you happiness in your life. Uh, lots of things. I, I, like, um, I like thinking about happiness in like little moments, like walking my dogs or, <laughs> you know, spending time with some family or just hearing a funny story from my grandmother. Like I, there's just like little, um, little things that I think contribute to my happiness in, in, in ways that I, I don't know that I really, it's, it, you know, it's, it's, um, I should have recognized this earlier, maybe, but I don't know. I just, uh, again, in the last few years is when you've, I realize it's, 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 it's about these, um, it's about creating little moments every single day, no matter what kind of day you're having, that happiness can come through in a moment rather than, am I happy today? I, it's, it's really just, um, I think easier for me to think about it in terms of, happy moments that I can always find, so. I love it, the little moments matter. Yeah. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. Now, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness? Uh, to bring it together, maybe. Um, hmm, that's a, oh, I love your questions, Gigi. Um, I think it is, again, uh, for people to, because it's a bit stressful, right? I don't know if you've ever felt this. Have you ever felt stress, stress trying to figure out the answer to, well, why, like, why am I here? And what is my purpose? Um, it's, it's everyone, I think all of us uh, individually um, and then collectively to help each other find the skills that we can um, put together for us, again, call it something else if FU skills, you know, offends you. It's just like, find a word for your, your um, pool of talents that is very unique to you for however many, you know, 7 billion people there are. I, I honestly believe that everybody has their unique pool of skills that can be used in, in efficient 
not efficient, productive ways um, and in ways that will fulfill them. So however, maybe, maybe it's just spending some time thinking about the skills that you can um, build upon, that you can develop to create your own pool of expertise that makes you feel like you're, uh, you're living a productive life. And again, you don't have to use the word productive, but fulfilling, say that a fulfilling life, because that's ultimately, I think what we're all searching for. I love it. Daniela, thank you so much for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast today. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me, Gigi. You're welcome. Now, where can the audience find you? Uh, my website is probably a good place, although I must warn you, there's um, my, my uh, uh, tech guys are working on some stuff. So normally it works, daniellealicio.com, and that's probably the best place. Or um, I can include my LinkedIn uh, profile. I'm on all social media, but uh, lots of there's a, there's just all kinds of people and stuff. So LinkedIn is probably the best place. Um, I actually really I respond to everything on LinkedIn. Um, I like hearing from people. I like hearing what um, you know if there's anything that they particularly liked or have questions about. Very happy to respond. So send me a note on LinkedIn and I'll make sure I respond to your audience. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out Daniela at DanielaLicio.com. That's D-A-N-I-E-L-A-L-I-S-C-I-O.com. And again, Daniela, thank you so much for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. Talk to you again soon. Thanks, Gigi.